Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today I wanted to talk about a vegetable that is very much underappreciated. There's not a lot of varieties that are out there to buy and I'm talking today about celery roots or celeriac. Um, there's a couple of varieties that are available to grow from some of the sort of medium to bigger seed companies, um, Giant Prague, Mars and Brilliant, um, which I, I really love the name of because I say brilliant quite a lot. Um, but this year I'm growing a variety called Monarch. So there's not a lot of varieties that are out there, not like, you know, your tomatoes and stuff where there's just hundreds and hundreds of different varieties that are available or lettuce and I was kind of disappointed um I was looking through the seed savers exchange yearbook this year and there was no celeriac in there um there was plenty of celery different celery varieties but nothing for celeriac and for those of you that listen quite often you know how I like to grow different varieties of plants I like to create different varieties that are going to thrive well here on my homestead um, but I also love to do my part to help preserve heirloom seeds and I like to help grow them out. I like to try and adapt them to the climate that I have here in Maine. Like I want to help preserve some of these varieties, um, but there's just not a lot for celeriac and there's not a lot of choice either. And unfortunately, this vegetable is one where seed companies often drop them. So, you know, you see them one year in the catalog and then, you know, the next it's gone. And it's likely due to the fact that it's not popular for gardeners to buy and it's not something that's profitable for that company to keep growing um, and keep in stock for people. So I wanted to tell you about this vegetable to bring celeriac out of the seeds to drop list and into the light and into the garden. Now, if you're wondering what on earth the Seed Savers Exchange yearbook is, it's basically like a, it's different to the catalogue that of seeds that Seed Savers Exchange um, has, right? That you can get on the list and get sent out, right? Um, the yearbook is a list of all the seeds um, and, you know, like Sky on Wood or Psy on Wood, however you pronounce it, um, you know, that's available and it's available to swap through the exchange. Um, so there's, you know, Seed Savers Exchange, but then they have this other section called the exchange. And that's where gardeners can share and swap different varieties of whether it's heirloom fruits, vegetables, flowers, grains, herb seeds, and, you know, wood for trees and grafting and stuff like that. It's a huge resource um, and it's an amazing resource. And I actually get the yearbook as part of having a membership with Seed Savers Exchange. This isn't a sponsored poster, a sponsored blog, you know, or podcast or anything like that from Seed Savers Exchange. This is just a resource that I use every single year and not a lot of people seem to know about it. And it's it's a huge, um, you know, resource that's available to you. And, you know, it's, it's not something that is um, just for um, the US either. There's other countries that are part of the exchange. Um, so definitely check it out. I use it now to find varieties that are unique to the northeast of the US. Um, but, you know, I also looked for varieties that thrived in the Rockies when I lived out west. So I use it to really look for seeds that are either being grown within the same region that I am, and there's not a lot for Maine, um, or I'm using it to look for varieties that, you know, are heirloom um, within, you know, the area that I'm living. 
Now, growing heirlooms from your region is always going to be best, right? They're adapting to your climate, the weather, soil, pest pressures and disease, right? If you're wanting to create your own varieties of seeds, whether that's land races or just being able to save seeds that grow well in your garden, starting with open pollinated varieties and heirloom seeds is going to be the easier route for a novice seed saver and the exchange that's done through seed savers exchange is a wonderful resource for any gardener so if you haven't checked it out then you should um, you don't need to have a seed savers exchange membership to use the exchange um, the membership's got a bunch of other benefits with it so you know you can check that out again this isn't sponsored by seed savers exchange i'm just sharing a resource that i use all the time to help and i really like just looking at the sheer variety of seeds that are in there and sometimes there'll be things that just kind of pique my interest enough that you know i want to kind of check them out like kale um i know i know i'm one of those people that likes kale um and they had um a couple of really interesting varieties of kale that were there um that i had not seen before and there were ones that were um you know very specific regionally um in scotland so i got some of those seeds to try and i'm just very excited to be trying some of these different varieties especially now i'm in you know a different climate as well so there's lots of things that are there and one of the wonderful things that i found through the exchange is gardeners are always willing to share the stories behind the seeds um there was some beautiful beans that i picked up through um the exchange and the the gardener who shared those with me you know shared the story behind the seeds as well which was beautiful and i love to hear those stories about the seeds so Anyway, I digress. Um, this is not necessarily about the exchange, um, but we're talking about celeriac. So let's go back to celeriac because you probably haven't heard about celeriac before this podcast episode. Um, celeriac is actually grown for its swollen roots. It's like a rutabaga or a swede in size. So it's kind of hefty. Um, it's not a tennis ball size. It's supposed to be bigger. Um, but it's actually kind of like a, a weird knotty root that looks like something out of a Lovecraft novel rather than it being like a smooth and tapered root of a rutabaga like particularly on the bottom end um, of a celeriac is pretty gnarly with these you know kind of tentacle like roots coming up um, it has a mild celery flavor it works very well in lots of different applications in the kitchen it works great for making coleslaws it works great in soups casseroles um, we use it in a mixed winter root veg roasted vegetable side that we do so we'll do it with celeriac um, rutabaga turnips beets carrots parsnips and we just kind of chop them all up toss them with some you know olive oil sprinkle some herbs um, on them and you know stick it in the oven to roast and we have that as as a side and um, the leaves of celeriac can also be used to flavor dishes so it's one of those plants that you can really use everything on which i really really love i love getting you know a bigger bang for my buck especially for plants that are in the ground and if you've got a small growing space then having a plant that you can use within you know multiple applications um is is really good um you know it's like let's say um you know i go back to the the cabbage versus you know the kale or the collards right you can get more harvest from 
you know collards and kale than you can a cabbage because that cabbage you know you'll just kind of take out that cabbage head you might get an extra couple of cabbages if you leave that plant in whereas you know if you've got kale or something um or collards you're able to keep coming back and harvesting multiple leaves and i kind of feel celeriacs in that same boat because i would take some of the the leaves and things off not too many but you know when i needed something to season in the kitchen and i didn't have celery growing um or available uh, then i would go and you know get the celeriac or sometimes i would use lovage um the herb instead but you know it's one of those things that you know is so underrated in in the kitchen and there's so much that you can do with it um i think one of the the bigger ways that we use it other than the roasted root veg um is i use it in a seasonal fall soup with leeks potato garlic onions and salt and pepper it's very simple but very delicious um you can also cut the root into like chips or small wedges or fries and then you can bake those in the oven with a bit of olive oil and then just serve them with like a twist of lemons and salt and pepper and that's also really good and that's actually the first time that i ever um had celeriac i was introduced to it must must have been about i don't know some between 12 and 14 kind of early teens um and i was at my friend's house it was her birthday and her parents did like you know these celeriac chips because you know (laughs) england right so celeriac fries um and then i want to say we had like falafel as well and i'd never eaten either of those things before um and they were delicious and ever since that day celeriac has been a favorite of mine ever since i'm pretty sure if i was to tell that friend like that's probably one of my biggest memories was her birthday and eating celeriac chips she'd probably think i'm weird um and you guys might also think i'm weird at this point but you know it's it's one of those things that you know i i had a good experience with that vegetable and i've wanted to you know try it more often and and grow it and that's kind of one of the cool things with you know having having a garden um and celeriac in particular is one of those plants that grows well in cooler weather it's pretty common in the uk you know it's common on allotments in gardens in grocery stores farmers markets um but here in the us it is really hard to find it's difficult to find in the average grocery store you might have to go to you know a more specialized store to find it and even when you do find them they're tiny they're like the size of a tennis ball and they're a ridiculous price um celeriac is one of those vegetables that stores very well if you are looking for veggies that can be stored in a root cellar um and it's actually part of the celery family or the apum graviolans if you're wanting the binomial name um it's so the celery family and it's actually made up um the celery family itself is actually made up of three types so you have the crisp stalky celery that most of us um have a love-hate relationship with um and of course the price of celery right now is crazy i mean i remember when celery was a dollar 99 a bunch and it's now anywhere from 349 to over five bucks a bunch it's crazy town um so if you're ever been thinking about a garden now is definitely the time um but you also have smallage or um what's known as leaf celery and that's grown for the leaves used to season soups stews casseroles and then you have celeriac which is grown for its roots 
And there's actually texts recording the use of the celery family of plants for more than 3,000 years ago. That's crazy. Um, it had, like The celery family or members of the celery family have been domesticated in China since around the 5th century. And cultivated celery was first mentioned in a French publication in the 1600s. And the cultivation of celeriac was documented in Europe around the same time. So growing a garden offers you an opportunity to kind of grow a little bit of history. Um, but it also offers you so many more opportunities to eat something different or grow something that's expensive or hard to get at the grocery store. Um, I mean, homegrown heirloom tomatoes are always always going to win against a grocery store tomato um and you know what the other day i saw somebody who grew 1500 yes 1500 varieties of tomatoes in raised beds with cattle panel trellis in a suburban garden like maybe a third of an acre i think they said it was i was blown away 1500 varieties like the most I have ever grown out of tomatoes is 50 and I I have three acres now that I live rurally um I think the most that I got like just the number of plants in my suburban plot was about 24 um you know last year I grew about 150 tomato plants and that, that was a lot I can't even imagine having to plant out 1500 varieties of just tomatoes as bananas I mean that's that's like garden goals right there for me um but yeah like they they grew so many different varieties and and how many of those varieties can you not get in a store probably most of them that that person was growing but a garden can offer that similar opportunity to grow things that you love but can't find so for me like I try to grow things that I miss from growing up like savoy cabbage celeriac granny's runner beans a decent sized rutabaga that is not the size of a tennis ball uh how about my other granny's broad beans right um or just straight up organically grown greens that are not over five dollars a bunch for example you don't need a huge space to get started with a garden either if you're new to gardening you're new to the podcast take a look at some of the previous episodes and listen in to how to start your garden and also come check us out on the Facebook group where you know we've got lots of gardeners and we're all very willing to help each other out and share how we garden so check us out on the Facebook group there. Now let's talk about starting celeriac from seed and I mentioned it in the last podcast episode too. Um celeriac is one of those plants that can take a long time to germinate it is slow to grow and starting seeds indoors up to 10 weeks before your last frost date in spring is ideal and you want to be able to transplant seedlings after the risk of frost has passed kind of like celery it is a little hit and miss when it comes to getting it in the ground early season I live in a zone five slash zone four area. So I want to make sure I'm planting it out after the risk of frost has passed. If you're in a more mild area, you might be able to get away with putting it out a little earlier, but make sure that you're using some floating row cover or some frost protection and take the time to harden off your plants before you are planting them out. Now, as you're sowing your seeds, um, you want to be sowing them very thinly on a seed starting tray on some seed starting mix or try and use one seed per module. If you're using the trays with individual modules like I do, um, they are teeny tiny seeds. So it can be a little fiddly to do just one one seed on there. Um, but when you do get them sown, you want to 
barely cover it with some sifted seed starting mix um, you want to keep that soil moist so use a humidity dome or clear plastic bag and put the trays in there to keep the humidity high to help those seeds germinate but know that it could be a couple of weeks for those seeds just to germinate and once those seeds have germinated you need to get those under some grow lights pretty quickly and you want to keep those lights low so the seedlings don't get leggy and spindly because they will um and celeriac is a little finickety when it comes to temperature the temperature needs to be warmer than 55 degrees fahrenheit or 12 degrees celsius um otherwise the plants are going to think that they're going through a winter and they're um, going through a vernalization cycle and what that'll do is that'll actually trigger the flowering so they'll focus on bolting and making seed rather than growing that tasty swollen root that we're looking for so use a heat mat if your seed starting area is cool like it is at my house um, but also think about as those little seedlings are growing where you're going to put them and keep them a little on the warmer side now you're going to want to plan for about two to three celeriac plants per person for a growing season if you find that you really like it then maybe you can grow more um, but I would stick with two or three celeriac plants per person and know that not everything is going to make it through transplanting and, you know, putting out into the garden. Um, so maybe have a little bit of overage. But if it's your first time growing, then that's okay to just grow a small number of them just to see whether it is something that you like. Now, when your seedlings have their first set of true leaves, not the rounded baby leaves that you first see when a seed germinates but when they get their true leaves so the ones that look like they're big plant leaves you're going to want to carefully transplant those into a bigger container something like a four inch nursery pot something larger where your plants can keep growing into bigger plants ready for transplanting after that last frost and have you know plenty of room to grow without being disturbed too much celeriac is going to take about 110 to 120 days from transplanting to reach maturity so you want to choose the best site to grow it in generally it prefers a sunny location in the garden in the garden it is going to tolerate some shade so with if you get a little shade in the afternoon or in the morning you know it's going to tolerate a bit of that but it's going to do better if it gets more sun than shade um, the soil itself is going to need to be rich in compost or well-rotted manure. It likes to have a lot of humus in the soil. So make sure that you incorporate plenty of well-rotted compost and what, or well-rotted manure, if that's what you're using, into that soil before you go ahead and transplant your plants. Celeriac is a pretty hungry crop and will need regular additions of compost as a mulch around the plants every couple of weeks and will definitely appreciate some homemade liquid fertilizers made from comfrey or stinging nettle as well and you know for those of you that are companion planting you're probably thinking how can i get more out of this garden bed um than just the celeriac because as you're transplanting your celeriac plants you're going to want to be giving them quite a bit of room to grow and in some cases you're going to be 
planting them, you know, about a foot between plants, making sure there's plenty of, you know, air movement around those plants. So that's quite a lot of space, um, even as they are small, but you've got to account for that root to be swelling up. And you also want to give yourself plenty of space to be able to kind of heal up around those roots and cover those roots with some soil. So give them plenty of space um, to grow. Now, you can definitely use some companion planting techniques and intercropping um, to get a bit more from that garden space. So early in the season, you can have things like peas. English peas work very well. Um, also, they're adding nitrogen into the soil, which is giving those plants an extra boost of food, right? Um, you could also use lettuce and spinach, and those work well as companions early in the growing season. But you want to avoid things like squashes, pumpkins, melons, and cucumbers near your celery root. Like those, those groups of um, plants do not work well together. You could also look at planting flowers nearby or a green manure like buckwheat or a soil building mix to provide a bit of a buffer between your celeriac and other garden plants if you're wanting. And of course, the good thing about growing green manures is you can kind of come through, you can cut them down and then you can use them as a, a mulch to protect that soil. Your celery root plants are pretty shallow, like the roots of them don't go down super deep. And that means that they can dry out quite quickly in the summer. Um, a lack of moisture is going to lead to having tough plants. It can stop them growing and, you know, they can die off kind of quickly if they don't get an, enough moisture. So you want to keep your plants watered regularly. You want to use a thick mulch to help conserve the moisture in the soil. And when you're weeding, you want to be really careful, um, especially around your celeriac plants, because you want to avoid damaging those roots of the celeriac um, because they're so shallow. So if you're using a hoe to weed, then you don't want to be going down, you know, like a couple of inches or anything like that, because you can end up like chopping those roots of your celeriac and then um, causing that plant to have some problems. So, you know, mulching thickly is not only going to help keep that water in the soil, but it's also going to help reduce the weeds and help blanch that swollen root of the celeriac plant too. Um, so that, there's a couple of options for you. Now, the good thing, of course, is if you're using you know, lettuce and you're kind of growing lettuces sort of in between the rows and around, you know, lettuces are going to help kind of shade that soil as well. Um, so there is an option there. Um, but you don't want too many things growing in and around your celeriac to kind of compete with the nutrients, right? Celeriac's pretty hungry. It is going to, you know, take up as much of those nutrients as it can out of that soil. So, you know, using mulch and particularly mulches that are going to break down and feed that soil as well is going to help your plants grow better. In terms of pests and diseases, though, celeriac is mostly trouble-free. Um, it can stay in the ground until after a light frost, but a hard frost is going to kill those plants. So you're going to want to make sure that you get those up and out of the ground before a hard frost is coming. And then you're really just kind of chopping the roots and chopping the tops um, to be able to store them. And there's lots of different ways that you can store them. You can store them in, you know, damp sand, kind of like a root cellar kind of deal. You can store them in the fridge. You can, you know, prep them and put them in the freezer. 
you know or you can you know cook things that you know that you like and then freeze those for a quick meal there's lots of different things that you can do with celeriac now if you're wanting to save some seed from your celeriac um know that a hard frost is going to kill the plant so if you're in an area with a harsh winter you are definitely going to be thinking either of lifting those roots um to store and then check them throughout their storage and remove any that are you know kind of dying off looking diseased or whatnot um or you could look at keeping them in the ground using heavy mulching with straw covering the plants with some frost protection and stuff to help keep that winter weather off them um so they can grow on the next year for seed so celeriac just like any member of the celery family is a biennial so it's going to produce seed in that second year and it needs this vernalization period of temperatures of like less than 55 degrees for at least six weeks to trigger that seed starting mindset of the plant and one of the things to bear in mind is um it's likely to cross with celery and other you know members of the celery family so if you're wanting to produce seed of you know celery leaf celery um or celeriac then you are going to want to figure out how you can protect from cross pollinating between them um you're going to want to either grow out only one at a time so maybe one year you're growing i don't know um ventura celery one year and you want to save seed from that in the following year um well maybe whilst you are growing um the seeds for your uh, ventura celery you are growing celery um roots or celeriac that year and then the following year you can save the seed from the celeriac instead you know you want to kind of think think about that um or use some kind of um you know isolation caging or something to help reduce um some cross-pollination that is going on there um but you know it's it's one of those things that although um you know it can be a little daunting to save seed from a biennial crop um it's actually very rewarding to see because the plants get so much bigger and and they put on these beautiful displays of gorgeous flowers um that pollinators and stuff go bananas for so you know if if you ever wanted to kind of bring some pollinators to your garden then letting some plants go to seed um and saving the seed from those is definitely a great way to do that but i would love to hear from you are you growing celeriac in your garden what varieties are you trying let me know over in the facebook group until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully beautifully and I'll see you next week.